This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 144 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Mellers. Today, I have an interview with Anna, who is going to be talking about the financial planning steps that you need to take, not only for your personal, but also for your business. And I really feel like this is such a conversation that we need to have. There are so many money mindset blocks that we all have that we need to work through. It's a conversation that we as women should be having as business owners. And you don't want to wait until it's too late to be able to start seeing that you're profiting your business and you're saving for things that you want to be able to have in the future, as well as a financial plan for your future as far as for retirement. So you're going to hear me talk in this interview a little bit about Anna's challenge that she is running. There will be a link to the show notes, so make sure that you hop over to sign up for that. So let's dive into this interview. All right. I am super excited about this podcast interview today. I am here with Anna. Anna, how are you? Good morning, Jenny. I'm great. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. I am so excited to get to talk to you about finances and budgeting and all these things that we need to be worried about when it comes to our money. But before we really dive in deep, can you introduce yourself and a little bit about your business? Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm excited about this conversation because that's what I do all day long, (laughs) every day. Um, Yeah, so I'm a certified financial planner by training. um, And I kind of, I, I sort of say that I've accidentally became a financial planner because my intention, all my, um, childhood and, you know, my young adult life was uh, to become a doctor. And I, uh, somewhere along uh, the way I had uh, in my my college years, I switched majors. I just got really intrigued by the business. And, uh, but when I graduated from college, I had no idea what to do with my business degree uh, with, you know, finance concentration. And, but what I did know is that I was in trouble with my finances. I had student loans, I had accumulated credit card debt, and I had no skills whatsoever uh, as a young adult how to um, kind of get myself um, together. But I uh, did learn about um, about this career in one of my uh, investment classes that I took for, for part of my major. And that's kind of how it picked my interest. So it was really self-serving to begin with. Uh, but I did, you know, I kind of connected that idea of me wanting to work with people as a doctor, right? And then now I get to do that. I have done it for the last 15 years as a financial planner. And I find that, uh, you know, money topics are, are even more intricate and are even, um, I think they're even more important in some instances. And I love the idea of helping people. My business is uh, quite unique of what you see out there in the space of financial services. We are a, what's known a fee-only project-based financial planning firm. Um, what that means for a consumer is that it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what your resources are, income, assets, you should be able to get qualified advice. And so we tailor to clients like that. We don't have asset minimums, um, income minimums, anything like that. Um, we work virtually, we kind of have presence on both coasts, East Coast and West Coast, but all of our, our clients are spread out across the country, actually even across the world. And we do a lot of online meetings all day long. 
Well, I understand that very well because that's how all of my clients are virtual based too. So a lot of the listeners are probably clients that have worked with the same exact way that we do it. So I think that this is such an interesting conversation and it's often one that I don't think we talk enough about. I think a lot of women, we have a tendency to shy away from wanting to talk about money. We feel like we shouldn't be. We might've grown up being told of ways to handle our money when it may not have exactly been the best path for us or for our journey as far as finances. So one of the things for me is the very first thing I think I hired out and I did it in the midst of tears um, was a bookkeeper because I just, money is not something that I enjoy to have to work with numbers. Um, Do you feel that there's a mindset you need to have when it actually comes to your money? I do. And I, I like to call that money set is, um, is, is this, I like everybody to kind of think about this um, notion about money. Money is a tool that should be used to help you get whatever it is you want, help you get the freedom you want, help you uh, grow your businesses, help you provide for your families, help you achieve your goals. So think of it as a tool. And I know that a lot of people um, have those kind of feelings like I don't like to deal with numbers and all of that. Honestly, when I um, when I was growing up in my <laughs> you know career, I I'm not a big fan of numbers either. So as a financial planner, I have to you know have to know how that works. And um, but I I like the idea of personal touch, one on one interactions with clients. That's why I love the doing this. But numbers are you know important part of doing business, important part of doing a financial plan, and they're important part of our overall finances. So um, I think if you start viewing it that way, and it's it's a bit of a just a mind shift set, uh, 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 mindset shift, um, then it becomes, you know, it becomes just easier. And then you start looking for resources. This is one, uh, one idea that I think is also uh, important to remember is that you don't have to do it all. Right. You can you can like you did, you can hire out for those things that you don't like, whether it's in your business or your personal life. Uh, but you still have to know the basics. And I'm a big advocate for having really strong basic foundation for your personal finances. That was the piece that was missing for me when I was younger. Um, but once I had my hands on it, things changed, right? So um, again, to be smart with your finances, you don't have to become a financial planner, but you've got to master a couple of basic things and um, use money as, as that tool to get you what you want. When you're saying the basic things and the foundation, what is it that you're talking about that are some of the first things that you really need to get under control and understand in order to take control of your finances? Yes. Well, for one is you really need to understand where your money is coming from, right? What what kind of income? It may be pretty straightforward, but... I'll tell you, a lot of people don't even look into the intricate details of that. If you're getting a W-2 income or a paycheck, understand what kind of deductions you ha- you have. Are you paying enough taxes? You know, all of those um, you know little things that take place. It's not just what ends up in your checking account. So that's one. You may be a business business owner. You have projects that you doing on the side. So how all of that income is coming together? The next part, which everybody hates, and I don't even use word budget, but how are you spending your money, right? What's your expense line item looks like? And these are simple, these are simple things or yeah, they're simple things to, to work on, but they're not easy. And we have these mindsets about budgeting sort of being all this evil kind of thing. And if I put a budget, 
I just can't spend anything. So I advocate for that. And one of the things I've done over the years to kind of spice it up for myself and my family, and you know, particularly my husband and I, um, I, I you know, created this idea of us having little mini money dates because we needed to stay on the top of this topic, right? And we needed to sort of have an idea of what was going on. So I think everybody kind of likes dates. And like, if I throw a little couple of questions around finances, <laughs> then it turned into a money date. But it really let us talk about, you know, where are we are with our expenses, right? Like, did we blow it up for, and we do it every week. Did we blow it up for this week? And some weeks are, you know, better than others because things happen. Um, but it, it really allowed us to have this kind of freedom of worry, right? Because that's what happens with a, with a lot of um, people out there. Um, because they're not looking at it, and I'm talking about your spending expenses, those are like the basic things. They're not looking at it on a consistent basis. It creates even more worry. It creates more guilt. And it's sort of like this vicious circle that you just keep circling into in it and say, I hate budgeting. I hate looking at this. But in reality, if you just looked at looked at it from a different angle it just it just opens up a whole other um space for you to be in and really at some point maybe even enjoy it or at least have an idea that's all i want um everybody to to really know what is going on and and not putting your head in the sand instead yes and i think that that's the piece right it does have a negative connotation you do hear budgeting and i know probably some people kind of cringe and thought of you know maybe i remember growing up my mom had the envelope system she had that's right. money that was set aside for certain things and she'd always kind of pull a little bit here and pull a little bit there when there was extra and i think that many of us now we don't necessarily use maybe a checkbook where we're balancing everything and know exactly we're using our debit card and it goes in, it goes out, it goes in. What's out? That's right. uh-huh. And half the time we don't know what's going out or coming in. Um, so if I wanted to start with budgeting, what are some of the first things that you would tell me to do to take a look at? Like if I needed to sit down and just figure out a budget, what do I need to figure out first? I would really break it down um, and started with like looking at your monthly spend, right? And just list all your, uh, something that I also have done for myself. So all of these things that I'm talking about aren't just what I've learned in textbooks, right? And obviously when I was studying for, uh, for my license to become a certified financial planner, we didn't have all this technology. And this was only really like 11 or 12 years ago. (laughs) So a lot has changed, but the basic principles are still there. Um, What I have done for myself that really worked um, to give me this freedom of knowing is I separated, I sat down and I listed all of our expenses and I separated them into two categories. One was to, um, to look at everything that is fixed. So all of your bills that are fixed every month, mortgage payments, if you have maybe rent, auto pay, you know, car payments, whatever the fixed bills that are going to happen every month for, you know, for some, for some time and figure out what that spend is and then separate your variable expenses and variable expenses all depend really. I mean, there are personal for some people buying groceries is not a variable expense for others. It is because you have choices. So if you have a choice as far as spend or not spend, I call it a variable expense. So it's almost like separating it in two categories. And all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing um, what you really, what your bottom line really is, and what you really need to, uh, you know, to bring as far as income. Now, because I've, and, you know, my family has been on variable income for so long, we had to figure out this bottom line for ourselves to have 
you know, a base idea of how much money we had to bring in order to pay for our lifestyle. But one thing I also found is that in this fixed expense category, it was really, it started to become really uh, more freeing for us not to worry that the bills didn't get paid. And what I did, I separated actually two checking accounts. One pays for these fixed expenses. One is our kind of, you know, spending uh, whenever we, we want it. But what happened in, in, in some months when we didn't have a lot of income, we didn't spend, but we also made sure that our fixed expenses really got covered and they got paid. These days, everything is really on autopilot because we auto pay our bills. And, you know, I don't even have to look at this after the 15th of the month because everything is um, is on autopilot and it just runs pretty smoothly. But it really gave that separation gave a lot of clarity and a lot of you know peace of mind and not worrying, oh my gosh, is this bill going to go through? Am I going to have an overdraft of my account? And if you have, if you know, families or partners, you have maybe two people tapping into it, right? Into one account with two debit cards. Hey, that could create even more, um, you know, commotion in there and anxiety and sort of like, again, putting your head in the sense that oh, I can't deal with it. Um, and yeah. Yes. No, I think that that definitely budgeting can just bring up so many conversations. And I know even with my husband and I, anytime we go to sit down to do it, it's always that kind of like roll the eyes. We got to do this again. Um, but it is, it's, you need to have to know what's coming in, going to be going out. Um, and then what money you can kind of cover yourself. And I think one of the big things that I have tried to make sure that I do within my business, but also within my family and the income that's coming in from my husband as a teacher is to always have some sort of profit, right? To make sure that we're planning for the future. Um, and I think for a lot of us, many of us are just avoiding it altogether. So could you give us three steps so that we could kind of take, so that we could take now so that we can actually start planning for our futures to pop for retirement or to buy a house or for whatever it is that we want to use that money for, um, just kind of some steps that we can put them into action now. Sure. So I'll use your example of planning for, the, you know, for, for retirement or planning for some future goals. And that's really one of the first steps in when I start working with a client um, and laying, you know, laying down their foundation for uh, creating a financial uh, plan or what we call a money roadmap. And the first step is, to really become uh, clear of what it is that you want. And the, the way you become clear about it is really um, identifying those specific goals or specific targets. Um, and retirement being one of them for everybody, it's like such a vague um, goal and says, oh, I want to retire when I'm 55. I'm, you know, I, a lot of times I hear, oh, gosh, no, I can't ever retire. I'm going to work until I die okay, that's fine too, right? It's really totally up to you. But if you put a specific date around it, so that's kind of where financial goal is different from just a wish or, you know, I kind of want to do that. You have a specific date attached to it. So say, all right. Um, and you may not be um, 100% certain or you may not 100% know that that's going to take place, but at least you have something you're going to work toward. So you almost like, it's like a, when you're working on a project, you need a deadline, for that to, to happen. Otherwise, it's never going to really come together. So identify that specific deadline. Is it going to be age 60, 65, whatever, however you see 
um, yourself, you know, in, in that phase. And then what also is really crucial is identify how much and for retirement, for example, and that's kind of where the spending and your base, basic expenses and lifestyle is really in, in, important, at least in our process, is once you know that, then that becomes your goal as well. So let's say your overall um, lifestyle is maybe $50,000, just a number, right? So your goal becomes, I need to have $50,000 come from somewhere, some income sources, for me at age 65 for the rest of my life. Well, that's a very different goal as opposed to saying I'm going to retire, um, you know, and, and just not have a clear picture. So that's an example of just one goal, but you can have a lot of them, right? You can have goals for buying a house, traveling, sending your kids to college, all kinds of things, you know, growing businesses, starting businesses. So that's the first step. And then as, as I was explaining, kind of the, you know, the part of that is working it backwards. So now if we, and I'll, let me use maybe example that's, you know, that we can calculate. Um, for example, if you wanted to buy a house, let's say we have a three-year timeline. We need, um, I live in San Francisco Bay Area, so a down payment number are kind of crazy here, but <laughs> No, it's like if you want to buy a house, let's say, you know, just to start a home, like, I don't know, $2 million, you need like 20%. But anyway, numbers are just numbers, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to work with them. But let's say you had a $100,000 down payment you had to come up with in the next three years. So work it backwards. Three years from now, we got to have this much money. What are we going to do? A couple of things you can work on, right? You can work on figuring out what your savings abilities are, but how would you know what your savings abilities are if you haven't really looked at what's really coming in as far as income, what's really going out, right? And you may find out that it's really not a whole lot that's left. So now you start to see that, okay, we need to address our income situation or we need to address our expense situation, right? And so, so that's one. Can you save for that goal, right? Or can you invest, right? This is more complex layer in terms of, okay, how can I invest my money so that it grows? But for everybody starting out, we all can save and we all can make more income. And I'm a big advocate of that, especially in today's world, like side hustle, side gigs, that's all out there and anybody can do it. Um, And, you know, a third step, and it's not just in this process, I think it's anything in life, you've got to commit. Like you've got to commit. If you said you wanting to do it, and that's the big reason that it doesn't work for most people, is that you said you have this particular goal in mind, and especially it's around your finances and something that's important for your family. You've got to commit to stay the course, right? And and, and see that through. Um, and I, you know, in order, and I know that uh, you know, even though I get to do this every day uh, and work with other people, you know, day in and day out, I know how it is for my own personal finances. Life happens. You like you said earlier, you don't want to look at it and just you know kind of the heck with it. Um, having those little mini money dates really helps just to kind of stay on the top of it. If it's if it's at the top of your mind and it's sort of in front of your eyes, you will have a lot more excitement about it versus not addressing it at all. Yes, and I think that this kind of changes too. It based on what your business is, right? As far as if we're looking at this from a business standpoint of being able to save money and show that we're actually making profit in our businesses, whether we are freelancers, whether we are bloggers working as 1099s or we're subcontractors or we're S-corps or LLCs, whatever it is, what would you recommend as far as revenue coming in 
I know I already have an idea of my expenses and I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to cover my expenses and have extra. Is there a percentage that you would say that like, you need to be putting a set aside for profit to be saving for maybe a future investment, but actually having kind of that almost like not kind of hidden away that you're saving toward. And, and just to clarify, this is in yeah. your, in, if you were looking at the business as, as a business, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, at least I would shoot for at least 10, 10% of what you, what you bring. And if you can work it higher, uh, you know, I've seen some folks do 20%, um, but you'll have to kind of see where, where it's going. I mean, there's creative strategies you can put in place in terms of saving for retirement, right. And kind of, you know, maybe opening uh, a retirement type of account and that allows you to defer more taxes. So even with that kind of strategy, you may even be able to put more money because it's advantageous uh, for you to not only save, right. That's part of the, part of the goal, but it helps you um, lower the taxes. So I would start at least 10%. Everybody should be looking at something like that. And that's by far, I think maybe the lowest, the lower of a percentages. Most people shoot, you know, for higher numbers just because, um, just because it's necessary. Right. Yes. No. And I think that it's such a good conversation, especially when you're talking about freelancers that don't necessarily know what's going to come in from month to month based on the projects that they're working on or based on the brands that they're working with, um, or, revenue wise, as far as ads, what's going to end up coming in. And I think if you can say, I'm going to put, start it off. And I think that's the first piece for me is just being able to take that step forward and knowing that I'm saving and putting it aside, um, is just so helpful. Of course, first knowing my expenses and knowing where my money is actually going because as freelancers, we often get sucked into, Oh, I'm going to pay this subscription and I need this shiny thing. And I need that shiny course. And I, all the expenses, we, that's how our profit gets eaten up. So if we can actually say, like you said about the difference between variable and fixed, is that what you had said about expenses? Yeah. So your fixed expenses that you know that you're going to have every single month. And then those variable expenses that we have shiny object syndrome and we just buy things randomly. I think it's such an issue. So I love that we're really starting to take a step back and say, nope, 10%, we're going to put aside and save it and figure out what we're going to do, whether we're saving for a house, whether we're saving for a car or figuring out a way to invest it so that you can use it as for tax purposes, right? Depending upon what you identify as your business as, as far as business-wise, LLC, S-Corp, whatever it might be. Yeah. I also like to reshape the thinking of the savings and it's more, it's more like, it's one of those bills that you've got to pay first. But the best part of that is that you paying it to yourself. (laughs) So to work on that first, everything else is secondary. I mean, think about it, right? Why do you worry about paying your mortgage first when in reality, you've got to pay yourself first. So make a savings is one of those line items of your fixed must pay bills. And that's it. You don't think of it in any other way. And it, it becomes, you know, it, it gets into this autopilot category and it, it happens for you every time. Yes. And I know that for some that, are, that might be listening, like this can may seem like a frustrating um, conversation because mm-hmm. you're thinking, well, my expenses and I am still at a point where I'm trying to grow. But you need to hear this and have this conversation now before the money that actually could have been profit is totally out of your hands and you haven't been setting this aside. I deal with so many clients that are dealing, are now seeing six figures in their businesses, but they have nothing to show for it. 
Mm-hmm. You really want to make sure that you come up with a plan for this. Now, you are running a challenge, Anna. Can you tell us more about that? Because I love challenges. I think that they are so helpful. They give you actionable items to actually move your business forward. So I'd love to know more about it and be able to share it with my audience. Yeah, totally. And um, so we are running what's called a 28-day challenge money uh, to create your own money roadmap. So we talked quite a bit today about all these different components of what gets put into creating a financial plan or roadmap. I collect to call it a roadmap because it opens up a lot more possibilities and I lot and it's really possibilities in your mind of what you can create. Because a plan is like it's a it's more boxed in idea versus a roadmap. And it's like, okay, I can go anywhere I want, right? As long as I have these specific um, guidelines to follow and steps like we were talking about saving for particular goals, having a good idea of your spend. So in the 28 days, what we've done is that we've created um, an outline to help somebody actually create their own money roadmap, not necessarily having to work with, with one of our advisors one-on-one, but more of running together side by side. So it's an online training. You get there uh, every day. There is a specific topic that we're discussing. So it's four weeks broken down into the weekly themes. First week, for example, we focus a lot on mindset and getting you know us really uh, crystal clear on the goals, getting our basics foundation down, like where we talked about spending and, and knowing our income. And then we start to build on with identifying those big, you know, big goals that we can achieve. Like, what are they going to be? Are they going to be, um, you know, is, is it to save for retirement? Is it to buy a home, buy a car, start a business, whatever it is, right? We have, so each day you have a module that covers that particular topic. It's, these are really short videos, so you don't need to spend a whole lot of time. That's the whole idea, right? Because what, what we want from the challenge is for you to gain the momentum. If you start doing something every day, right, Con- commit to a one little thing that you're going to implement at the end of the month, right? In 28 days, you're going to see a whole lot of improvement that you actually didn't, didn't even think you can put your hands on. Um, in the third week, we're going to cover um, what we call protection, protection for all of your you know, finances. And it comes in the form of making sure you have proper insurance coverages, especially for free freelancers where all of those programs are kind of hard to reach, right? They're expensive. You don't know where to go for, you know, for actual resources, but you have to have those, right? And uh, we talk about how much coverage you need and there are different, different uh, categories, life insurance, disability, homeowners, renters, all of that, right? Whatever may apply to you, we cover in that week. And then the fourth week, actually, we're going to really start talking about how do you make money on your money, right? Because we can't just work hard. (laughs) Our money has to start working hard for us. So at some point, not only saving is what we're focusing on, right? We now start to get a little bit more creative and start to, to talk about investing. And what, but because we've done really the hard work up front in terms of identifying our goals um, and knowing what we want, that the investing piece becomes much, much easier. And I think that's the big misconception out there is that I don't know how to invest money or I don't know what, what it needs to be. But it's really not that. It's more about what is your timeline and what do you want to do? Investments are just, they're vehicles. Again, they're like money are tools, right? For you to do whatever it is you want. So we have a whole week discussing all of those different topics. And then 
I am a new mom and the topic of um, teaching kids how to be smart with money is really kind of top of mind. My son is only eight and a half months old, but um, it's already, <laughs> it's already a worry. So how do I make him, um, how do I make him not make mistakes that I made? That's my, <laughs> my thought. And so we have a whole module that covers topics and kind of conversations that you should have with your kids, not with eight, uh, eight months old, but you can start <laughs> start when they're just a tiny bit older, but things like, how do you tell them how much money you actually make? What do you tell them, right? It's a personal choice. Um, or how do you teach them these basic concepts, right? Some people like the idea of jars, like you have a jar for saving, you have a jar for spending, the jar for, the jar for giving. Um, so all of that is, is really um, is really important to cover if you have kids. And then uh, one of the other pieces that's um, also taken place, some folks are closer to retirement or it's like really, we work with, with clients on different, uh, in different life stages. So some might be starting out, having family, some might be kind of middle-aged and some of them are getting closer to retirement. So we have a whole track for, for retirement kind of related questions. When do you take social security or how do you manage your portfolio if, you know, once you start not when you stop working and how do you create income streams? So all those questions that tend to happen when you are really fa facing that big decision, do I retire or not? And all of this is accompanied by every day you get a little uh, tutorial video, you have a workbook that you can kind of follow along. And the most important part, and I talked about this already, we like the idea of committing to um, implementing one thing a day. So that one daily action, because if you don't and you, it's going to be hard to finish the challenge because it sort of builds up on, on each of the, uh, each of these days. And then once a week, we actually have live Q and A. So I've, uh, uh, I've done this is our first month. September is our first month running this challenge. And we've done, this is our third week. So every Thursday at three o'clock Pacific, we get online and kind of, you know, run questions and see how people are doing. Because everybody has different experience, right? Where they are, um, they have different asset level, income level. So when you look at this challenge, um, it could grab a lot of different, you know, people. And you may, at this point in your life, you may want to just address one topic and that's great work on that. If you, you know, if you have more capacity and time, you can certainly, you know, complete a lot more, but the idea is that you do something every day to kind of move you forward. I love it. No, anything where it's strategic and gives you step-by-step, step, I'm always all for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to link to that in the show notes that you guys can make sure that you can go check that out, get more information, make sure that you get signed up and in there for that. Um, I just think that money is a conversation that we don't like to have. I think especially as women, we kind of have a tendency to kind of like almost like dodge it. It's not a conversation that we like to have. And I think it's just so important, um, especially being female entrepreneurs that are running our businesses, like we're providing for our families, then we need to think about our financial future as well. And it not just be about being able to take a vacation with the kids. That's great for short term, but we do need to start thinking long term as well. So Anna, thank you so much for coming on and answering all of my questions. I so appreciate it. I thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Clearly, you really need to start thinking about your finances. Start thinking about how you're going to put together a plan 
for your future. And one of the great ways to do it is to sign up for that challenge. It'll give you a roadmap for your future as far as your finances. All right, you guys, I appreciate you so much when you take the time to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. As you heard in last episode where I talked to Mary Odette White, we talked about the fact that leaving reviews helps other people be able to find it because it shows us as an expert with Google. So if you could please take the time to leave us a review, we would so appreciate it. You can make sure that you leave me your Instagram handle as your name so that I can send you a video as a thank you. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 